Well, let's see if this works. I'm deeply skeptical. Coming to you from the other side of the planet. Well, might be on the same side of the planet as you, but probably not. So uh, come on in here. We've got stuff to talk about. Assuming this works. Who knows if uh, I've got enough (laughs) Wi-Fi here to get all the way across the world. But I feel like I do. So, would you like to uh, see a little bit of where I'm at? As soon as we get a few more people, I'll show you that. So let's talk about uh, Joe Biden. Um, the bad news is he seems to be very much a America last kind of a president. Now, is that always a bad idea? Because Trump sold us on America first being a good idea. So when is it a bad idea to put yourself first? And when is it a good idea? Let me give you some examples, some context. When World War II ended, the United States was unusually generous, I think you could say, due to the defeated powers, Germany and Japan. And I don't know that we were necessarily putting America first then, uh, except in the long term. Now, did it work in the long run to put America, let's say, a little bit disadvantaged if we're giving any money to other countries? And the answer is it did work. In fact, Germany and Japan are two of our best allies. And uh, I would say it's one of the most successful things ever done in the history of the planet. So there are cases, um, you know, obvious cases, where uh, putting other countries first could work out great. But did that work out with China? Because I feel like it's not that you should put others first or you should put yourself first. I feel like every situation might be a little different. So China being maybe a little more aggressive about its role in the world, maybe you can't put them first because they're putting themselves first. But let's say the Vietnam War is over and eventually Vietnam and the United States want to make friends. I don't know that we've done anything that would be called putting Vietnam ahead of ourselves, but it certainly made sense to be friends. And I think that'll work out in the long run. So I think it depends on the country. So let's take a look at some of those other not America first things that uh, Biden did. See how they how they stack up compared to these historical examples. So you got, um, I'll do this up in a minute. <laughs> Actually, you probably want me to do that now, and I will. So, sorry I missed you this morning. It was quite a nightmare in the hotel experience of trying to find the lights and whatnot. I'll tell you about that later. But for now, let's enjoy the simultaneous sip because I know you're addicted. I know you need it. You could play this back in the morning if I don't make it for tomorrow's uh, <laughs> appointed time. It's called the simultaneous sip, and all you need is a cup or mug glass, a tankard, chalice, or stein, canteen, jug, or flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. Join me now for the unparalleled pleasure, dopamine hit of the day. Thing makes everything better, except this vacation, because I don't think this could get better, actually. It's called the simultaneous sip happens now. Go. Ah. That's what you wanted. It was worth waiting for. Totally worth waiting for. 
All right, like I was saying, so Biden's done a few other America last things. Let's say the Paris Climate uh, Accord. That feels like America last, but does it make sense? In other words, is our involvement in it somehow going to, uh, let's say, make the world better for everyone, including America? Well, that's the idea, right? Now, if the Climate Accords did anything like that, probably be a pretty good idea. But it feels as though it doesn't do anything like that. If you actually look at the agreement, it just seems good for China, bad for America, and that's the end of it. <laughs> that's it. That's the beginning and the end of the story. Good, good for them, bad for us. And it's written that way. It's written intentionally that way because the idea is that China needed a little extra extra flexibility because it would take them much longer to become green. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? Well, if it's a good idea, it tells you that um, somehow, somehow that works out. But it's hard for me to imagine the scenario where anything is different because of it, except that we're disadvantaged. I, it's hard for me to, I, I'd like to hear somebody explain the story of how doing the climate accords leads in a, in a logical, connected way to a better world. Easily you could have made that argument with, let's say, the, the Marshall Plan and Germany and helping out Japan after World War II. It's an easy, it's an easy story. You say, well, if we're good to them and we re rebuild their country, we'll be allies and that'll be good forever. And it worked. But if you can't do that with the Paris Climate Accord, you know, a logical, easy story that says, oh yeah, you do this, and then we're hoping that this happens, and then this will happen sort of logically flowing. But I don't really see it. It doesn't mean it's not there. Maybe it just takes a better explanation than what I've heard so far. Um, let's see. The other, the other things that, uh, that Biden is doing that uh, are not... Uh, give me some other examples. There are a few other things he's doing that don't look like they're America first. Uh, ending the, uh, the pipeline. So the first thing Biden is doing is screwing Canada. <laughs> He's screwing Canada by canceling the pipeline after they put a whole bunch of money and, and work into it for years. Uh, now, I suppose you can make an argument uh, that the environmentalists would that it's good for America. But I just don't see it. You know, the, the pipeline is one of those things where if everything went wrong, it would be pretty bad. But that's true of everything, isn't it? Couldn't you say that of the Hoover Dam? Oh, don't build that Hoover Dam, because if that thing breaks, it's going to be bad. It feels like any big project, you could make some kind of an argument that if you did it wrong, bad stuff would happen. That feels generally true. All right. Um, then what was the other stuff that uh, Biden did today? I, mean, I think he signed something about... Uh, transgender bathrooms and sports. We've got that going. Uh, basically just reversing everything everything that Trump did. I don't know how much of the, any of this is going to affect me. I don't know if you've had that thought. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I kind of prefer to be different. You know, I, I kind of, I mapped pretty closely, but not exactly, to a lot of the Trump policies. But they don't actually affect me that much. You know, I'm not playing any sports in high school. 
I don't think the 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 uh, climate will be any different with or without the accord. I don't personally gain anything from the pipeline. That would be obvious. I mean, maybe it would affect uh, energy costs at some point. So it's really hard to it's hard to get excited about any of this stuff. It all seems small. But let me give Biden one objective compliment, if I understand the topic right. And it goes like this. You, you heard me complaining about the Trump administration not approving these rapid tests that are less sensitive, but they can, they can find the, uh, the strong cases. And given that we know that most of the spreading happens from people who have a high viral load in their nose and mouth, that, um, that study just came out today. So it seems to be confirmed uh, that the super spreaders literally have more of the virus in the, in the mask of their face. Uh, mask being a different word than an actual mask. Mask meaning your, your sort of nose, mouth area. And uh, so if it's true that the real problem is the people who have a ton of virus in them, then it's also true that the less sensitive tests would get all of the super spreaders. So nobody would argue that the less sensitive tests would miss the super spreaders. They would only argue that it would miss the marginal cases. But maybe you only need to get the super spreaders because they're the ones doing the damage. So Biden has signed some kind of executive order that um, promotes that, uh, that approach. Now, I'd been complaining that this might be the most important thing, um, maybe even more than the vaccinations in terms of how important they are. But, it, but at least, you know, equivalent to vaccinations, if not more. Now, again, this assumes that the tests work and they can be, uh, they can be made in quantity and all these other things. But Biden just signed an order that uh, I've been complaining that Trump has ignored. He's ignored the topic, or he did. He, he didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He just acted like it didn't exist. I don't know why. So if Biden has done this one thing and it's right, it looks like it might be, you know, too early to tell, but it looks like it might be right. Going to give him full credit. Now, that doesn't mean that everything else he does is right, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, you know, disavow Biden for doing something I've been asking for for six months. So that part's good. The, uh, there's also a question that Jack Posobiec was asking, I saw on Twitter, he said, uh, uh, is Joe Biden still putting kids in cages? <laughs> now, of course, the topic is not funny. Uh, you know, it's, it's deadly serious. But, the, but watching how Biden deals with the fact that the only reason anybody was ever in one of those containers, which you would call a cage, the only reason anybody was in it is that nobody had a better idea. Right? If anybody had a better idea... I think we would have used it. And the argument, which you probably never heard, uh, Biden won a majority of votes. You are dumb, so the commenter says. Let, let me, let me, I got to address that. So commenter, uh, I've said there are two categories of unambiguously stupid people when it comes to the election and any, any claims of impropriety. The two stupid types of people are people who are 100% sure it was fraudulent and enough fraudulent that it changed the election and the people who are 100% sure it wasn't 
those positions are stupid. They're just stupid. And honestly, there, there's no way I can soften that because you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. The only thing you know is that people looked in some small places and didn't find anything that would change the election result. That's it. That's all you know. It's a fairly non-transparent system. And even if it were transparent, did you look at it? How much time did you do counting ballots and recounting and auditing and looking at the software? What did you do? Nothing. So even if other people have done the things that need to be done, which they can't because the system doesn't allow that level of transparency, you can do recounts and audits and that's great, but it doesn't get all the things that could be done if somebody wanted to you know, fix an election. So the only thing you can know for sure is that you either have a suspicion, hmm, that looks suspicious, and so therefore I think maybe there's a chance of something wrong, but that's just a guess because there are reasons that anomalies happen. Probably every election, some anomalies are out there. There might've been more this time because it was hard to predict and it was a special election and Trump was in it and you know, and everything was different about this election. So if you're sure in either direction, you're just stupid. And there's no way to soften that. It's a probability thing. Certainty is just wrong answer, unless you're looking into it yourself and you're not. All right. So uh, what was I saying about Biden? Uh, the other thing Biden did, somebody will have to remind me. <laughs> somebody says, if you don't believe the election was rigged, you're not paying attention. Well, you can believe anything you want, right? Belief, not really the right approach. Because how, how would you like the jury to do that if you were on trial? Uh, jury, we've got some, I don't know, there are indications. I feel like in my gut, sort of a hunch, I believe you're guilty. Not really a good standard. And I don't think it would be a good standard for you know major world decisions either. <laughs> I just believe, I feel like, I got this gut feeling, got this gut feeling. But having mocked it, let me agree with you that I have that gut feeling. If you ask me to make a decision with my body and my every bias that I've ever developed in my life, if that was the way I made decisions, I would say, hmm, I'll just go with my gut instinct. Doesn't feel right. So everybody here who says, Scott, just look at it. It doesn't feel right. I, I feel the same thing you do. It doesn't feel like it was possible. But in the real world, things happen every single day that didn't look possible. So if your standard is how you feel, that's not really how you make decisions. So... Um, I would say be open to the possibility, totally reasonable. Being sure, not reasonable, not even a little bit reasonable. Now, I might be going a little bit harder on you than I normally would because I realize, you know, I watch my, my Twitter followers when I do stuff like this and it goes, <laughs> so, so it's all bad for me if I, you know, if I go at you directly because you're, you know, you're primarily my audience. But having watched the damage that happened to the people who bought into the Q stuff, 
I feel today that I let you down. You meaning the public, not you specifically. I feel like I let you down because months ago, I was, um, or years ago, I guess, a few years, I was pushing pretty hard against the Q stuff and I sort of made it a thing. You know, I was going to use my time and my whatever credibility I had to, to see if I could stop that thing for the good of all. Now, at the time, I really didn't know how big it would get. I certainly didn't know it would, you know, incite a, uh, some kind of trouble at the, uh, or an assault on the Capitol. You know, I didn't know that. Uh, I think that was uh, not obvious, you know, at any point two years ago. But, um, <laughs> see, I'm seeing the comments. Scott, take a break and collect yourself. You're losing it. See, this is what I'm going to do more of, not less. So, so those are the comments I'm looking to see. I want the people who's, who think I've just completely lost it. Because if you've watched me for four years or whatever, and you've agreed with me up to this point, uh, or at least you've agreed with some you know, majority of things I've said up to this point, I'll ask you this one thing. Just consider, just consider that I might be right. Now, I might be wrong as well. You could consider that too. But don't rule it out. I mean, if, if you've been watching my live uh, streams um, and you were to compare what you predicted to me, if your predictions are better, then don't pay attention to me. <laughs> but probably for most of you, that wasn't the case. So <laughs> put it all in context. Uh, you sound merely like a lawyer, somebody says. Consider, will there be... Uh, <laughs> Will I be sipping Sanka? Just looking at some of your uh, comments. All right, so Joe Biden, I would say that uh, so far he looks to be a disaster on immigration. I mean, like, this could be really, really bad. I don't think it will be. Uh, so it's a statistical thing again. But what the heck is he going to do? Right? Oh, I was talking about the, the kids in cages thing. For those who don't understand the topic, and that would be most people, I guess, and are probably in that category as well. But one thing I do understand is that the cages were primarily a short-term uh, way to keep kids away from predators because were, the, the predators were taking them across the border and God knows what kind of things were going to happen to the kids. And if you, the only way to separate them, given the the, to the tons of people who came in compared to the resources that they, they had was to do something that nobody wanted to do, which is physically separate the kids, put them in these things that people are calling cages. And I don't think you can be happy about it. You can't be happy about anything like that that happens to a kid. But you can certainly say, I get why it happened. So the point is, how is Biden going to have a better result? Because he has the same problem and he has the same two solutions. Nobody came up with a, a middle ground, including, you know, Biden and anybody who criticized them. So one solution is you let those kids go with the predators. And that's basically you're killing the kid, you know, at least in terms of the quality of the rest of their life. Um, and the other thing is you put them in cages. And that's unacceptable, you know, on a human level. So if you only have two choices, and they're both terrible for kids, What's Biden going to do? Now, if it turns out that Biden figures out, you know, his administration figures out a way 
to deal with this in an efficient way that's better than what the Trump administration did, I'll give him credit. I'd, I'd like to see that. And if he could do that, that'd be great. You know, as long as we have good border security in the long run. Now, my take on border security is that if you argue how many people should come in, you're arguing it wrong. Uh, the way to argue border security is this. You say, we need to have complete border security, but that's one decision. So one decision is to control your borders, yes or no. The answer's got to be yes, right? Because nobody who has a country that everybody wants to move to can get away with having no borders. Just, there's just no way that can work in the long run. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, Biden's going to have to close the border. But my point was, he's going to have to control the border in some fashion. We'll see what he does. But my point is that you make the decision about do you control your border or not. Once you say yes, that's one decision. And then the second decision, which is separate, is how do you control it? Oops. Who do you let in and under what circumstances? So I think those decisions should be separate. I think there's a 100% solid argument for having a border that we can open and close as the situation requires. It's just having a tool. So arguing against having a toolbox is just stupid. Arguing about how to use those tools makes perfect sense. So I would love to see an immigration system that removes human uh, judgment as much as possible from the decision of who gets in. And here's the way you could do it. Imagine that economists, it probably have to be you know, bipartisan economists, come up with some kind of a formula, and it's just the best they can do, right? These, these types of algorithms and formulas are going to be approximations at best. But let's say the economists come up with some kind of formula that says this. Under our current conditions, so let's say unemployment rate and whatever kinds of jobs we need to be filled, uh, under a certain set of conditions, you just turn the knob and let more people in because it's good for us. It's good for them. It's good for us. Economy's humming along. You need a few more people. Turn the knob a little bit. Let them in. Then whatever happens, maybe you have some uh, terrorism issues, some pandemic issues, uh, economic issues, and you just say, based on you know these these criteria that everybody can see, we'll have to dial it back a little. If you did that, who whose fault would it be? <laughs> right? You could remove the humans from it. Just say, look, these are the conditions in which you want more people of a certain type. These are the conditions where you don't. And we'll just adjust up and down based on those conditions. Nobody even has to make a decision. We just look at the data. Unemployment is 7%. Turn it down. Unemployment drops to, you know, I don't know, 3%. Turn it up. That's it. Get the people out of the decision. There's no situation in which we don't want immigration. Uh, we just want to be able to control it. Um, yeah, so Biden's promised uh, 100, uh, no, what, a million, million vaccinations a day, which is basically what we're already doing. So that's a good promise. Uh, if I'm going to be, um, uh, I mean, I'm going to try as hard as possible. I don't think I'll be able to pull this off, but I'm going to try as hard as possible to be objective about Biden. Now, I criticized Trump on the rapid testing and healthcare and the capital assault. And, you know, I've had a bunch of things that I criticized Trump for. I want to I do the same. 
So some of your comments are cruel. They're cruel. <laughs> um, CNN removed counter. What's that mean? Uh, Scott, what about asylum? That's where the problem lies. Yeah. Why would we need asylum if we had a good immigration system? So, so the problem always comes back to immigration control. You wouldn't need any uh, asylum cities if you had a good immigration system. There would be nobody here who needed asylum. So you want to fix the base problem is what you want to do. Uh, somebody says, we'll see civil war. We're, not, we're nowhere near that. <laughs> the, the most likely thing that will happen Let's say just in general. Well, let me give you some big, big context. Um, it is generally true that every big world power through history has reached some point where they declined, right? Roman Empire, boom. Um, you know, you, you can go through history, the Mayan Empire, boom. So there's probably no situation in the long, long, long run where any any country just dominates forever or is at the top of the pile or even exists in the long run, long run. But the end of a, uh, a civilization happens once, right? You only, you only get finished once, but there's just hundreds or thousands of things that happen between the start and that one time you're done that look like bad things are going to happen and they don't. And so if you're going to follow the odds, what are the odds that you just happen to be alive and it's this year that we had, you know, the destruction of the United States in the Civil War? Nothing's impossible. But what are the odds? Like solo. I don't talk to anybody who wants a revolution. You know, I hear lots of people complaining about uh, freedom of speech and the private platform companies restricting it in, in their private way, not the public way. You know, everybody's got a complaint, right? Some people's still mad about the election and everything else. Well, I don't see anybody who wants a civil war. It just doesn't seem possible. The most likely thing that will happen is that success will kill whoever is winning. That's the most likely thing that happens. So the beauty of our two, let's say our two system, our two party system, is that you have a way for somebody to lose every four years. And that loser um, goes back and gets stronger and then comes back and fights again and sometimes wins. So the most likely outcome of a successful Republican presidency would be a Democrat is next. The most likely outcome of a successful or even an unsuccessful uh, four to eight years of Democrat presidents is a Republican. The most likely thing that will happen after Biden is a Republican, and that's even with uh, any kind of, you know, clever mischief that the Democrats do to add a state, legalize some, you know, um, undocumented people who become voters, put them in the census. You know, they can do lots of stuff. But our country really, really likes two parties fighting it out and not one of them winning every time, and. I speculate, no way to know this for sure, but I speculate that one of the, the worst problems that Trump had in terms of re-election was his success. And specifically his success in, uh, in the Supreme Court nominations. 
I feel that Trump was so successful sort of locking down a, a Republican conservative um, power base in the Supreme Court that it, it ended because we don't like anybody to move too much power in one direction. It, it just We just like that middle, Americans do. So the most likely outcome is a Biden slash Harris overreach. Could last four years, could last eight years. But the, the most logical outcome of that would be people saying, all right, we had enough of this. Let's try something else. That's what I think. Now, it's not, it's not impossible that things would slippery slope all the way to the end of the republic. Could happen. But uh, not very likely. You know, I'd put that in the 1% range, maybe, something like that. Uh, please explain what's the middle in 2021. Well, the middle is a lot of stuff. The middle is being able to control immigration, no matter what you decide to do with how many people get in. That's that's a middle ground. If you said to somebody, we'll let in as many people as make sense, but we want the option of closing the border if we need to, would people really argue against that? You're just saying, we want the tool. But we'd like to, we'd love to let in as many people from Central and you know South America and Mexico to to do the jobs that need to be filled. It's fairly middle ground, infrastructure fairly middle. Um, you know, I think energy policy, at least the public, is closer to the middle. There was uh, what was it that uh, Biden did recently? That's oh, I think it's the the, the Keystone Pipeline has a majority of public approval and he decided to go against the majority on that. So, um, all right, let me show you where I'm at. You want to see my uh, situation here? So I'm in Bora Bora and uh, that is in French Polynesia. I'll show you just the back of the bungalow here. So we've got this porch situation. Yeah, then it's, uh, it's raining right now, so I'm, I'm under a covered area. And this is just about the most beautiful place you'll ever see in your life. And there are a bunch of these bungalows. See this one behind me? So the one I'm in is sort of similar to the one you see in the background there. It's kind of like that. And so this morning, uh, I was I was tweeting this morning. I'll give you an update on it. So every time I go to a hotel, I have this problem, which I call a, a sort of engineer, sort of engineering blindness that I have, which is if I have a user interface or some kind of device that I have to turn on and they don't build it right, I can't figure out where the on button is because they don't put it where I can find it. It's like, and my blindness is, that if I know the button should be in a, a place and it's not there, I, I'm literally blind to where else it is because it shouldn't be there. It makes no sense, but it's just, you know, a bias I bring to everything. So this place has all kinds of weird uh, a, a lighting. Uh, I'll take you inside. Now let's go inside. You have to actually see this to, to appreciate it. So... You know, in other countries, you get all these weird situations of a light switch. So I'll just give you a sample of that. All right. You see this panel? What's all this business? What? What's this guy? <laughs> what is all this? 
what are these guys? So, you know, none of it's labeled. So I'm like trying to, trying to figure it all out. Now, and then you've got, um, let's see, over here. Here's my favorite part. See this? This is, if you, if you read it carefully, you have to go way, like really close. I don't think you can see it, but I think it says uh, main switch. It's the main switch. So now, if you are designing this room and you put something near the front door, near the entry door, and it was called the main switch, what would you think that did? Would you think it controlled all the lights? Because that's what I thought. I thought, oh, my lights are not coming on. I'll just turn on the main switch. But I turned on the main switch, and it only turned on my bathroom light and the light directly above Christina's head in the bed where she was trying to sleep. And I thought, that is not what I'd call a main light. Because keep in mind, the other lights didn't come on. I couldn't even with the switches, they didn't come on. Uh, hours later, six hours of, uh, of sitting in the dark and, and texting the, uh, the front desk to tell me, can you please tell me how to turn on the lights? And they say, we'll send somebody right over. And I said, no, no, don't send anybody over. Simply tell me where I could find the magic button. Because I know there's one in here. There's a way to turn on the lights in here. I'll find that button. Just tell me where it is. And they said, well, you know, get that master switch. I'm like, been there, been there. Master switch, not the answer. And then they said, well, what about the master switch in the bedroom? And I said, you have two master switches? Is that a master switch for the bedroom separate from the master switch from the other? Nope. They're all master switches. <laughs> so apparently this was, the whole place was uh, wired by an electrician who just hated people. That's, that's my best guess. Just an electrician who hated people. So here, here's the outer room. See if I can clear that up for you. Does that help you see it or no? Nope. So you probably can't see much out that window, but that's the situation in here. So we, uh, we had to travel through Tahiti. So we stayed at a place in Tahiti for uh, one night. And uh, do, doing anything in, in another country is just uh, so hard to figure out. So Christina uh, wanted to do an errand before we flew over to Bora Bora. And uh, we're told that Tahiti is so safe that it's perfectly safe for a woman to go, you know, off in a taxi, do some errands, and come back to the hotel. But there are so few taxis in Tahiti. I don't know why. They don't have Uber. Uber, And there are only a few taxis. And there's so few that they go by their first name. So if you want a taxi, you ask for Diane <laughs> or Kathy. That, those are the brands. And, and uh, when we got picked up at the airport... The, there was a Chinese woman who was the uh, a driver, and she goes, I'm Diane, Diane. And she kept telling me, I'm Diane. If you need a taxi, call Diane. And I thought, that's weird. Why do I really need to know her first name? And then I found out the whole system, you know, when you see the business cards of all the taxis you can call, it's just the first names of 
several people who, and it's not their real names, you can tell you know, her name was not Diane when she was born in China. Uh, so, so Christina, uh, we managed to get a cab. She takes one to do her errand, and then she can't get a taxi back. She's got internet connection problems, and it took us, I don't know, it took hours to retrieve her and find a, find a taxi and get it to her and all that. But in the meantime, she comes back, she finally gets back, and she says, uh, you know, gosh, there are more people, uh, men in cars, like doing wolf whistles and, you know, cat calls and stuff. I've never seen it this bad. And so then I'm, I'm feeling bad because I feel like I should have gone with her because it didn't sound as safe as I thought. And I said, well, how, how bad was it? She goes, well, I'm just walking down the street and, you know, people, men are like yelling at me from the cars and stuff. And I go, but how much? Are you talking about two or three? She goes, no, no, way, way, way more than that. I go, are you telling me that in just the hour or so that you were walking down the street that more than 10 people yelled at you from a car, some kind of sexual harassing thing? She goes, no, no, way more than 10. And I said, give me a rough estimate. While you were walking down the street for one hour in a public place, totally safe, like a main highway, right? Not any kind of seedy place or anything. How many, how many people would you just roughly estimate? She said 50 to 100. <laughs> her, her estimate was at least 50 separate cars, often with multiple men. So in one hour, she was, she was catcalled by 50 to 100 people. <laughs> uh, I have no idea if that's some kind of weird cultural thing or if it was just the Christina effect, because you know, uh, I'm not sure that's even so different if she's walking around in Miami or something, but that was just crazy. Um, how is that possible? I don't know. She, she is the most beautiful woman in the world, so uh, there's that. <laughs> in the in the comments, uh, I'm seeing people saying, you're bragging, you're bragging. And of course I am. Um, I told Christina I was going to tell this story, and then people would say, you're, you're cleverly bragging. And uh, let me just say that your, your insight is incredible. All right, so I don't know if I'll be able to do Coffee with Scott Adams tomorrow morning at the appointed time. I really, I really thought I'd be there this morning, but it did take me several hours to figure out how to turn on the lights here. <laughs> Not that I'm proud of it. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm just looking at your comments for a second. Um, and somebody says, you seem stressed. Are you kidding? I've never been so relaxed in my life. That just the first day here is the most relaxing thing I've ever felt. There's something about the temperature, or, I don't know, the water. I don't know what it is, but you don't feel the same here, that's for sure. Uh, so I'll be here until the 20, I think I'm returning on the 29th. It's a, I think it'll be uh, eight days actually here, but a lot of travel. 
Um, you like the color of the wood. Have you been swimming? Now we're going to, I got my trunks on now. Going swimming in a moment. Yeah, I'll be sunscreening like crazy. All right, got my, I got nothing else to say. Um, by the way, I'm coming to you on my phone using StreamYard software. StreamYard lets me use one device to send to both Periscope and YouTube and others. Um, and it looks like it's working really well. So I'm actually pretty impressed with this. I think I might end up using this going forward. Oh, you're listening to my book, How to Failed Almost Everything? Good. Sound is good. I think what my problem with, with the buzzing sound is I use my laptop as a stand for my other device. So I just put my other device on the laptop, and I think it's too many devices close to each other. Um, yes, thank you for missing me, cat. But I will be. Uh, you only get, you only get one vacation like this in your life. Uh, I expect. Have a cocktail for you? I just might. All right, I got nothing else to say, so I'm going to sign off now if I can figure out how, and I will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>